Pastor Xavier Reese and the faithful shepherd to the rescue. Therefore thus saith the Lord God to them, Behold, I myself will judge between the fat and the lean sheep. The fat are the perpetrators, the lean sheep are the victims. He knew their evil of extortion and oppression. And then notice, God concluded he would intervene for his flock. Therefore I will save my sheep. Jesus is called the great shepherd. Hebrews 13, 20 and 1 Peter 5, 4. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. What happens when those we've been taught to trust let us down? The truth is, even the church is not free from those who will lead many in the wrong direction. Today, Pastor Xavier explores the consequences that will fall on those who lead God's sheep astray. Here he is with today's Bible study, Faithless Shepherds. Let's listen. The Lord Jesus gave many parables about rulers, landowners, and servants who abused their position and authority and warned of certain judgment. I believe there is no severer judgment than one that is coming to pastors and leaders of the church who have failed as shepherds of the flock of God to feed the flock of God. And rather than feeding the flock of God, they're fleecing the flock of God, among other things. This is what is before us here in Ezekiel. The account of faithless shepherds of Israel as he begins to focus on the future restoration. Let's begin here. The indictment and judgment against the greedy shepherds, verse 1 through 6. Ezekiel is the watchman, as you know, chapter 3, 18, and 33. Here he's proclaiming now the warning to the shepherds very specifically. He's warned to all righteous and wicked to repent. The general charges were being self-serving and exploiting the sheep. Notice at the end of verse 2. This is the general charge. Being confronted by God, says, Thus said the Lord God to the shepherds. This is God speaking to them. Being condemned by God for their self-centeredness. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. You know what the word woe is, okay? You're not on a horse. Judgment. Okay? Judgment. Being called out for their neglect. Should not the shepherd feed the flock? There's only one answer. Yes. They had not. The human abuse of the shepherds was due to their position that they held. In verse 3, the leaders abused their authority to become very prosperous at the expense of the people. Now notice verse 6. The leaders would be held responsible for the people's destruction. The leaders forgot the people were God's sheep. This is the bottom line, guys. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every hill. My sheep. Now, from this on, count the many times he says this. My sheep, you do not belong to me. I am responsible for you to feed you, to oversee the flock, but you don't belong to me. You're not mine. You belong to Jesus Christ. The leaders forgot it was God's flock. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth. Three times the word scatter is mentioned in 5 and 6. The leaders forgot God would hold them responsible for his people, and no one was seeking or searching them out. God understands. God sees all this. He takes notes. Now notice, he moves on to the intervening judgment and regathering of sheep by God, the true shepherd. In 11 and 12, God will seek and find all his sheep from where they have been scattered. Take note, 11. 
God took full responsibility for his sheep. The authority is the same, divine, thus saith the Lord. The certainty of the safety of his sheep is revealed. Indeed, I myself will search my sheep and seek them out. Jesus, the parable of the lost sheep, you know, in Luke 15, 4, he says, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? He rejoices over it, right? That's a shepherd. Look at verse 12. God gave an example of his personal pursuit of his sheep. The comparison, as a shepherd seeks out the flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep. The application, so I will seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on the cloudy and dark day. Now, the reference to cloudy and dark day refers to the day of the Lord when he will deliver them for the millennial. This is the tribulation period. God will deal with Israel once again, and then they will enter the kingdom. We'll see this as we move forward. Jeremiah 31, 10, hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the isles afar off and say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd does his flock. Notice 13 through 16, God would care for his sheep, not only gather them, but care for them. Verse 13, he says, he would gather them from the countries, and I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, like the exodus of Egypt. He would place them in the land of Israel, marked as good, and will bring them to their own land. The land belongs to the people. The people in the land go together. The Jews have the, the deed, the Bible. This whole thing, I don't want to get sidetracked, but the whole thing of a Palestinian, we're going to get to a little more. There's no such thing as Palestinians. There's never been a Palestinian. That name was given to the Romans, to the land of Jews, because they rebelled to, to rub their nose in it. And the occupants of Palestine during the Roman time when they persecuted them were Jews, not the Arabs. Abraham was a Chaldean, Babylonian, Assyrian, if you look back to the history. Hagar was Egyptian. Ishmael was her son. He's the father of the Arabs. He's not a Palestinian. There's never been a Palestinian. Tell CNN that. <laughs> Let me move on. Notice 13, he would nurture them when they occupied their own land. Their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel. Whoa. The valleys. All the inhabitants, places, other countries. 1948, they came back to the land. Miracle after 2,000 years. <laughs> you don't believe in God. You got to explain Israel to me. Look at 14 through 16. In that day, they will look to God. God will be their provider and protector, 14 says. I will feed them in the good pasture, and their fold shall be on the high mounds of Israel. There they shall lie down in good fold and feed in rich pastures in the mountains of Israel. Over and over again. This is not figurative language. 15. God will be their guardian and overseer. I will feed my flock, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. And look at 16. In that day, God reminds them he will be a faithful shepherd and judge. I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away. Bind up the broken and strengthen what is sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them in judgment. What a contrast. Some of you have been in churches that abused you, ruled you through legalism, through whatever it is, and God was faithful to bring you out to a church that feeds you the word of God. 
Peter gives some basic and important principles for those who God has placed over the flock of God. In 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4, I'm just going to walk you through them, okay? Peter prefaces all as being an example of humility and reverence towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Seeing his position as a privilege, in verse 1, he says, The elders who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Not the Pope, not Peter the Pope, but an elder. And he humbles himself, and he says he follows Jesus. Verse 2, Peter reminds them of their duty to feed and care for the sheep with a pure motive. Shepherd the flock of God. That word shepherd means to tend, to care, to feed, to oversee. Which is among you, serving as overseers, not rulers, not by compulsion, but willingly. Not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. The man who serves in ministry for money, woe to him. Woe to him. Verse 3, Peter tells them their place is of a servant, not a master, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you and being examples to the flock. Paul the Apostle, in his last meeting with the Ephesian elders, focused on the leader's responsibility and accountability to God. I'm going to just walk you through it, okay? Listen. He was speaking to men who knew that all he was saying was true. In Acts 20, beginning verse 18, he says, And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you. So these guys could call him on anything he was going to say. Nobody did. Verse 19, his service, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. His love in verse 20 and 21, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying to the Jew and also to the Greek. Repentance towards God and faith towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful, faithful man. He wasn't into church growth. He wasn't into the emerging church. He wasn't the seeker-friendly churches. His empowerment to suffer, verse 22 and 23. And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. What a commitment. But it's through the power of the Spirit, not his flesh. You see his commitment in verse 24. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. I received it. It is not mine. It is the Lord's. His sense of responsibility and accountability is in verse 25 through 27. And indeed now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. And I have not shunned to you declare the whole counsel of God. Thank God for Paul. Thank God for the faithful over the pulpits of America and the world today that preach the gospel and the full counsel of God. His loving warning is given in verse 28 through 30. Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among whom the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also, from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples to themselves. He mentions some by name in Timothy and in Titus. His personal example, 
31 through 35, therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day the tears. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. This is what we believe and do here. We commend you to God. We pray for you that you would be obedient to God. I have coveted no man's silver nor gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my own necessity and for those who are with me. I have shown you that in every way, by laboring like this, that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus. He said, it is more blessed to give and to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Then they all wept freely and fell at Paul's neck and kissed him. Sorry, most of all, because the words that he spoke, that they would not see his face no more. And they accompanied him to the ship. I love this man. Why? Because he is a shepherd. Oh, didn't he have any? Oh, he does. I have people that don't like me. I have people that take things out of context. I have people that, you know, because they're confronted, they gossip. Hey, I leave it in God's hands. You understand? My responsibility is to make sure that I'm not being a faithless shepherd. You understand? I've got to feed you. I've got to teach you. God will be faithful to those who are victimized by faithless, evil pastors and leaders. The person will be comforted and exhorted by God if they read their Bible, pray, and they're obedient. If they're not, then they'll get bitter, resentful, cynical, and say, I'm not having to do nothing with the church. You must be committed to the Lord. He's your example. I am not your example. I'm to be an example, but Jesus is your example. The intervening judgment and regathering of sheep by God, the true shepherd, refers to Israel here in the context. It's Israel, future restoration. Now notice lastly, you have the individual judgment of the sheep and the setting up of the kingdom by the great shepherd, 17 through 31. In 17 to 22, the charges and verdict between the sheep and the flock is given. In 17, the judges God in view of the future restoration the address is to the nation of Israel, mark it well, and as for you, my flock, thus saith the Lord God. It's Israel, the context. The judgment would be with critical discretion. Behold, I shall judge between sheep and sheep, between ram and goats. The sheep are symbolic of the ordinary citizens of the land. The rams and the goats are symbolic of the people in power and in wealth who are oppressing the poor and the needy. God's judgment would be between the righteous and the wicked, as he has already said in chapter 33. The judgment is for their greed and abuse like the example of the leaders. Look at 18 and 19. In 18, the rhetorical question regards their conduct, and it was for the purpose of exposing their shame. They helped themselves to the best. Is it too little for you to have eaten the good pasture? They destroyed what was left in order that no one else would have any provisions. That you must tread down? With your feet, the residue of the pasture, you grab some stuff and then you trample it all so no one else can get any. They drink the drinkable water. That's clear water. And then they pollute the water after they drink it to keep people from drinking. That you must foul up the residue with your feet. You drink it and then you get your feet in there. You stomp and you get that mud up so nobody can drink out of it. Wow. They've learned it from their leaders. Look at 19. The deplorable condition of the people had to live under they would be held accountable in judgment. What they ate, as for my flock, they eat what you have trampled with your feet, what they drank, and they drank what you have fouled with your feet. These are social injustices. In Amos 4.1 says, Woe to you cows of Basham. The cows were the women, the evil wives of the men. 
who were in party with their husbands and calling for a drink to intoxicate them so continue to do their social injustices. Ooh. Look at the verdict in verse 20 through 22. It will be perfect and just. In verse 20, God would deal with the bully dominant sheep. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God to them, Behold, I myself will judge between the fat and the lean sheep. There's the context. The fat are the perpetrators. The lean sheep are the victims. And then in 21, God knew all the facts. He knew their evil of extortion and oppression because you have pushed with side and shoulder, butted all the weak ones with your horns. The pecking order. He knew their vicious intent and scattered them abroad. And then notice God concluded he would intervene for his flock, 22. They belong to him. Therefore, I will save my sheep. They would be protected and they shall no longer be a prey. They would be vindicated and I will judge between sheep and sheep. Ooh. Now notice he moves to the setting up of a faithful shepherd in 21, 23 to 33. In 23, David will reign over the sheep of Israel in the kingdom age. Not, not everybody believes this. I don't have time. I don't want to get sidetracked. We'll get through in the millennium when we get to it. I believe there are many scriptures that cannot be fulfilled by Jesus that imply literal David, okay? If you don't believe it, you won't go to hell. So just put a question mark there. I believe that he will co-reign with him. David will be appointed by God as a faithful shepherd. I will establish one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them. David will be the shepherd of Israel. My servant David, he shall feed them and be their shepherd. Look at 24. Messiah will reign supremely in the kingdom age, even though David is there. The Lord Jesus will reign supremely, and I, the Lord, will be their God. Okay? You must make a distinction between them. Most people don't. They think it's just fulfillment of Jesus. Short-term fulfillment, Zerubbabel, Ezra, Nehemiah, shepherds to feed the flock. But he's looking way past to the very end of the millennial kingdom in the context. Now look at 25 through 29. The identity of the covenant and its nature is given to us. The prince of peace will be there. I will make a covenant of peace with them, the kingdom age. 37, 26 of Ezekiel and chapter 40 to 48 when we get there. The ferocity of animals will no longer exist. Harmony with man and animal will exist. He says, and cause wild beasts to cease from the land, wilderness, and sleep in the woods. Leviticus 26, 22. There's a promise. Isaiah 54, 10. But also Isaiah, if you remember, 65, 25, and 11, 6 through 9. It says, The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountains, says the Lord God. A little kid will eat a lion down the road. He'll play with the poisonous serpent. But everything will be friendly, as it was before the fall. Amazing. Look at 26. It will be one of blessing for Israel in Jerusalem. I will make them in the place all around my hill a blessing. That's Israel. That's Mount Zion. Now I shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountains of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountain and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it, Isaiah 6, 2, 2. Notice it's in the land of Israel. 
26 still. And I will cause showers to come down on their season. There should be showers of blessing, the early, the latter rains that Ezekiel speaks about. Ezekiel 37, 25, Leviticus 26. Look at 27. It's one of abundance in the land. Regarding the vegetation, the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. The earth shall yield her increase. Regarding the security, they shall be safe in their land, their land, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Regarding their deliverance, when I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them from the hand of those who enslaved them. They're not secure right now. They're in the land, but they're not secure. Look at 28. It's one of protection. No more persecution from the nations, and they shall no longer be a prey to the nations. God has made Jerusalem a troublesome stone in the last days. Everybody's against her. Our relationship to Israel is very, very shaky right now. I can guarantee you that Israel will be here for the Lord's coming. I cannot guarantee you that America will. Hmm. Look at 29. The nature is one of honor. By their reputation, I will raise up for them a garden of renown. By their provisions, and they shall no longer be consumed with hunger in the land. By their exaltation, nor bear the shame of the Gentiles anymore. The scorn, the disgrace. Ezekiel 37, 27, 28, Leviticus 26, 1 through 7, Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14, and on and on and on. Now look at the indicated purpose. This is the bottom line, verse 30 and 31. For Israel to acknowledge their relationship to their God. That's the reason God is bringing the tribulation and great tribulation upon Israel. That they might acknowledge their God so he can give them the kingdom. Thus they shall know that I, the Lord, their God. I am with them. And they, the house of Israel, my people, saith the Lord God. Wow. But also for Israel to acknowledge they are his creatures. And he's the creator. Look at 31. You are my flock, the flock of my pasture. You are men. I am your God, saith the Lord God. Wow. What a hope he's giving them. Jesus told the Pharisees that he was a good shepherd in John 10, 1 through 18. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, false shepherds. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out to find pastors. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and I am known by mine. Do you know your Lord? Do you hear his voice or only mine? If you're allowing the Spirit of God to deal with your heart as the word goes forth, that excites me. Jesus is called the Great shepherd, the chief shepherd, Hebrews 13, 20, and 1 Peter 5, 4. He's the one. This is the account of the faithless shepherds, as is laid out for us in these three events. The indictment and judgment against the greedy shepherds is a warning to all constantly, constantly. The intervening judgment and regathering of the sheep by God, the true shepherd, refers to Israel. And the individual judgment of the sheep and the setting up of the kingdom by the great shepherd will be at the kingdom age. 
You know, my job is so easy because all I have to do is let the Word speak for itself. It's what the Word of God says. Do you agree with it or do you oppose it? Your choice will determine where you spend eternity. Not mine, your eternity. The path is narrow, but there's still room for you if you so desire. An invitation from Pastor Xavier to true salvation. And you can get your own copy of today's message, Faithless Shepherds, on CD for only $4. And this will also include what we heard the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is Faithless Shepherds, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please be sure and include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This helps us monitor the impact of this outreach in your area. When all the turmoil settles in the Middle East, will Israel be victim or victor? That's our topic on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 